When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode contains language and content of an explicit nature. Listener discretion is advised. Before a song is released, a record is produced, or a chorus is written, the musicians that write them think a lot. They live a lot, and they feel a lot. Before the chorus dives into the stories and experiences that shape these artists, and ultimately, the music we hear. I'm your host, Sophia Lopercaro, and this episode's guest is Half Moon Run. Half Moon Run are a band based in Montreal, Canada. They released their debut album, Dark Eyes, in 2013, and quickly gained fans both locally and internationally. Throughout the pandemic, they found themselves digging through cassettes from that time period, revisiting these ideas with fresh perspective. The result is their fourth album, Salt a musical conversation between past and present, exploring all that has changed and all that remains. I mean, I know this is kind of the first thing that, that's come up like for this album, but there's a lot of sort of connecting with past self in terms of like the creative process. Like you guys dug a lot through old demos, old cassettes. I guess the question is like, why now? Like why, why was it that you were drawn to those kind of past parts of your, your creative journey now rather than like, on a future record or one previous? Um, I guess maybe we had more time because of the pandemic to, to look through things. And uh, maybe enough time had elapsed so that old ideas that didn't have, like we lo- you lose the baggage of them, the emotional baggage that might've like made you put it away after a while and you kind of forget what made you stop doing it. And then you, you revisit that idea and you come at the same wall, but but come up to the same walls, but you have maybe more energy now and or um, something like that to to push it through to yeah. the completion. Fair. Um, also, this is semi-separate, but but not at the same time. I know that Dodge the Rubble is probably one of the songs that most directly pulls from from that past in terms of like sound and like, you know, concept. But the one that kind of stuck out to me for that as well was everyone's moving out east because if i'm not mistaken you guys are both originally from the west coast right i'm from ottawa i'm from dc okay for some reason i thought both of you were so it just made me laugh to think that at one point like you guys would have been technically the ones moving out east. i did move out east but not as far out east as connor did i just moved two hours Yeah. yeah yeah Okay, so you really moved east. Yeah, everyone was doing it uh, in 2010 too. Uh, yeah. Like we used to joke um, that Devin, like what, when we were uh, hanging out, everyone that you would meet would be from BC. So like even in Montreal, there was like a huge exodus, you know, like if you remember. Oh yeah. Yeah, people moving for the for the scene, you know, back back then. Um, and that, I actually hadn't thought of that until today. That about how. We were doing that. It's a different kind of movement out east. I like to think of it differently symbolically too. That, that, that east, east is associated with the sunrise often, and the sunrise is just a symbol of new possibilities. You know, so if you're facing east symbolically, 
you're facing new possibilities. Because <laughs> we got a, the messages in the comments from people in Europe were like, that's not how it is here. People really don't move to Eastern Europe. <laughs> they move west. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Little bit. But yeah, it's funny to, to think of this idea of like, you know, people having an exodus now, which I guess happened a lot because of the pandemic and, and also, you know, as our lives change and stuff. But I'm trying to remember what the line was. It was, oh yeah, I found out I was no longer living the dream when it was not about where I was going, but where I've been. And there's this, and this concept of like settling down and kind of grounding yourself here while everyone else is moving. Like, again, it's that sort of interesting connection between the past and the present that I just find fascinating. Whether it's intentional or not, it just makes me smile. That's super funny you picked that line because that I accidentally included that in the lyrics, but it didn't make the final cut. <laughs> <laughs> how did i not clock that okay no no but it's fine uh, that's like that's right up the alley and that's kind of the spirit of what i'm saying it just didn't sound right to sing it okay uh, but yeah so what was your specific question about that line no it's just kind of more a comment again this that idea of again like now maybe like y'all have been here in in montreal for a long time at this point so maybe like I don't know what your lives look like day to day, but like maybe kind of settling here while other people are are now the ones like moving and making a big change. It's yeah, it's, it's it, on the first like the surface level, it is literal. And then on another level, it's like metaphorical in that, um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of changes in the I'm sure for like all of humanity during the, the COVID years. Um, and there's like there's good changes and then there's challenging changes and all, all colors of changes. But, uh, at some point there's the intersection in, in, in the music that, that I like to go to in this intersection of like beauty and sadness. So maybe there's some wistfulness and some yearning. And like, I'm, I was just, I'm trying to capture that feeling somehow, some way by saying that like people you love are, are, are going away and you won't kind of want to go with them, but maybe you can't, or you, you're not ready to, or you don't want to, or some mixture of all of that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think in, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like I feel that on a lot of the other songs on this record, that's sort of more in the terms of being connected to people in an emotional sense rather than like in a location sense. But mm -hmm. like there's kind of something I was going to get into at this next section is talking about some of the songs where there's like lyrics like cold feet or cold shoulder. It's but also this kind of yearning to want to connect to someone else and try and reach back to that but the sort of struggle that I think we all face sometimes you know like there's mm -hmm. fear around being vulnerable or fear of to your kind of point like moving on with people or or whatever do you mm -hmm. think those are things that are fair to point out on this record yeah I mean this is all new you know I, it's funny I, I never look back on my body of work uh or like our body of work and and analyze it because uh, it feels weird. It feels like self-involved, but, but also it's not that interesting to me. But, so, uh, <laughs> well, welcome to this podcast. That's literally all that we do. <laughs> so it's like I'm thinking about this for the first time. Um, you, said, you told me on the phone the other day that you also don't like you resist doing it because you think that it might demystify the process in an unproductive way. You know, but you said you said it in different words that if you are totally aware of the process of how something came to be it you you there's just this instinct that you don't want to know that that it, when you start you when you start to kind of meta analyze um something that's kind of naturally meant to be more nebulous or at least it's more comforting to have to leave it in that nebulous state because that's what that's why you were drawn there in the first place the kind of literal intellectual analysis of daily life music is a respite from that and uh so 
intellectualizing. Yeah, there's just this resistance. I, I really know how it feels to, 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 if you start to crystallize these connections between what you might have been thinking, you you make uh, you make you make it into something that you're like, I'm not even sure if that's true because I'm when the way the the way which uh, that these things come about, it's 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 not that literal block building um, uh, of connections. But I don't, you've talked about connecting with past past selves, and that's that's good. Like. Dodge the rubble. You said that's connected to to like a really a past self. That's that's like from ten or twelve years ago. Looking back, it's like wow, I can really feel like a sense of separation. Looking back on that past version of myself there, and the past versions of who we were. Dev and I were living in the same apartment at the time, and maybe it's true that it just enough time has elapsed now that that separation you can look back on it almost objectively. Like I can almost ask the kind of questions you're asking us now about the record of that kind of person back then. You know. We're, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's challenging to 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 switch into that mindset about something that you've just created. I yeah. find yeah. No, that's totally valid. The way that I often approach these things is, I mean, I kind of look at it as it's the life stories behind like the music that we we love, and I don't look at it so much as demystifying, but more as kind of what's the word I'm looking for? Not so much recentering even, but just kind of reminding people that music comes from a human place mm -hmm. and lives lived. So kind of feeling more of an attachment and an understanding to the music. Mm -hmm. Like I really like understanding these stories mm -hmm. from that perspective. And I like that if I, that even if I know what the original intent of the song was, even if I have my own like personal interpretation or mm -hmm. the meaning I've taken on, I kind of enjoy letting the two kind of coexist. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of a personal thing, you know, like each of us consumes music and analyzes it or creates it in such a different way, you know? Yeah, I, I love it actually when people have a different understanding of the song than I do. And but it's it, yeah, it's equally valid. It's and it kind of creates this ambiguity like that I didn't intend for necessarily. Like I had this vision of what it would be and someone totally has a different, even sometimes opposite. And I, and I would think, wow. But it's it's meaningful to them on that level. And I think, mm -hmm. yeah, like I, that's, that's really cool. I, yeah. I don't mind at all. Yeah. And again, I never want to create these kind of conversations to take away from that. It's kind of, again, it's allowing mm -hmm. these things to be multifaceted. And I, I love doing the kind of thing Sorry, the kind of thing that you're like hearing people talk about their own art in the kind of way that you're asking, it's, and it's um, it it's another another part of what makes it interesting about because having a collaborative creative process means that what happens something happens where you, you you put your own taste towards something like if we're writing a song for instance you put your taste towards something and it comes into this interaction with the other people's taste in the room me and Devin Dill in a place that seems to exist in between the three of us. And all of a sudden this other thing is, is there existing. And so then it's even more kind of interesting to analyze like where exactly is the center of what has now emerged between these three people, you know, it's kind of a part of all three of us, but yet separate from all three of us. And, and I find that's even, that's some of the most stimulating experience I've, I've had engaging with our own music is like, is observing this thing that we seem to have created that, I could never have thought of on my own. It's just all of a sudden living in the room in the middle of all of us, you know, and it makes it even more difficult to analyze like, where did that come from? Because kind of like all three of us have brought something to this, you know? Yeah. yeah. Collaboration is fascinating in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially yeah. like when you've been collaborating with someone for, you know, well over a decade, like I can only imagine like how almost like automatic that process becomes. Cause like, again, you guys have been doing this for a minute, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. 
sometimes sometimes it's not as automatic as you might think sometimes it's really challenging but you go through different phases where there's you know lots of productivity and then sometimes like none and uh you know ebbs and flows just like anything else um yeah nice do you think that i know that you talked about in terms of like taste there's that sort of like meeting point between all of you guys but do you think that thematically as well because i feel like there are themes on this record that feel very universal like there's a lot about climate anxiety for example which i think people of like our generation feel a lot you know i don't think that's that's something that would be individual to one person you know Mm -hmm. no i i I, yeah i definitely have it's maybe not an anxiety it's just like a oh like gigafire i was i was stunned when that like became a new word and to describe a, a, a like a forest fire that was a million hectares at the same time of burning mm-hmm. and uh, i think like the first one happened in modern history a few years ago and then i thought like wow that's that's we have to expand the dictionary to describe the destruction um and and it was yeah that's yeah that's a that's a bit of a difficult song like lyrically it's a it's a bit uh, it's a bit barb tongued a little bit yeah. That line, step into the gig of fire and you'll live forever, was like very haunting to me. It's almost like, I don't want to say that it's nihilistic, but it's kind of, again, just allowing yourself to just feel like the kind of fear of it and just say it out loud. At least that's how I interpret it. Yeah, or like that, like the just em- embracing the destruction and, and kind of like, you know, I don't, selling yourself a, like a lie a little bit, you yeah. know, spitting acid rain on my brand new leather kind of. Yeah. I don't know. That is, it's very dark. <laughs> hey, you need to express it sometimes. I feel like a lot of this stuff, it's funny when it's when it's said back to me, I'm like, sometimes, it's just weird. It's like, oh, it's almost like I feel like, oh, I'm over-revealing now because I wouldn't necessarily talk about this kind of thing publicly. And it, um, it like that kind of thing comes to me in a, often in like an involuntary way and so it's almost like it's not, it's, I don't know, if, if I categorize it that way, it's almost like it's not really me writing it. And then so you can kind of say whatever you want because it's not me. It's like this, you know, this channeling happening. Um, and then so to have it come back to me and being like, oh, wow, that's, whew, it, it just, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's stunning. In, a, in like, a, I'm, it's very revealing. And then I feel like, oh, I, I think I've over-revealed. I think I've shared too much. No, well, you're doing fine. Um, <laughs> And again, like I said at the beginning of this, like I'm always happy to talk to people at whatever level or whatever way they no, want to talk about No, let's get deep with it. I'll challenge those feelings all day. Okay. If that's what you want to do, then we're going to do it. Um, right. I'll take you up on that. Um, I guess I'm going to go backwards for a moment. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to come back to the like more like connect, like songs around like connection and stuff. But first, I want to keep talking about some of these ones. Alco, and again, sometimes I'll do this where I'll be like, this is kind of how I read the song, but... I'm curious to know what your take is. Like I said, the two readings can coexist, but I almost read it at like two people that can't really see eye to eye. Like, wow. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, was, yeah, I did not think that anyone would really get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, I, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, even talking with people from like the previous generation, sometimes I feel like in my experience, a lot of, you know, like millennials sort of Gen Z, if you talk to them about like the tough stuff that's going on, whether it be the climate or like I live in America and it's fun there right now. Um, 
people will talk about it. Whereas whenever like I try and bring it up to someone of an older generation, they just don't want to talk about like the uncomfortable stuff as much. They're kind of like almost like the like change the song. Like don't I don't want to bring this up, you know, and sort of not minimizing it, but they just don't want to touch it because it's uncomfortable. And that's sometimes like the feeling that I was getting reading that song, like those two kinds of people not being able to have that conversation. Yeah, it was a. Yeah, yeah, similar. Uh, like it was an ex business partner kind of, and and then kind of us on the one side, and then the ex business partner on the other. Yeah, not seeing eye to eye. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. You 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 summed it up well. I don't know what else I would say about it. Unless I try. I stare at these things for a long time. Again, this is literally how I do my job. So, so this is good. I'm glad good. that I got something out of it. I actually felt that I was I was a little bit nervous that I didn't communicate what I wanted to in the lyrics. So it felt like one of the the weaker points on the the album lyrically. I was like, I don't know, you know. No. But that's good that it, it got through. It really did, and it, it I love it sonically as well. Like it's I think again sonically it's a great example of kind of nodding back to signatures of your sound in the past while also bringing new things to it like a lot of those guitars reminded me a lot of like give up on the first record like that sort of feeling and I know for me personally that's kind of right when I started listening to you guys so it was nice to have that callback but also see it built upon Mm -hmm. so yeah we were working on that around the same time like uh, that was actually we were working on adding that to the first record um as a as a re-release um, cause we released the record again in mm-hmm. 2014 because anyways, um, but we were looking at, you know, there was a mandate to add more music to the first record and that was one contender, but we never finished it because I couldn't get the lyrics oh, and no. other reasons. We even went into the studio in Australia. We hired like horns to play on it and we tracked it all except the lyrics. And then, you know, it just died a thousand deaths till now so the fact that it has the flavor from the first album is uh, right on the money again. Wow. There we go. Again. This is literally what I do. <laughs> it's it sounds so like it's what I do, but it, it's what she does, folks. It's, it's, yeah, I need to stop saying that over and over again. Anyway, um, I think I think the next ones that I kind of want to touch on are some of those more like general anxiety songs. Like I really like how you can let go has these really cool contrasts between the verses where you you feel very overwhelmed like it's very fast paced it's very like here's all the stuff that's in my brain and then there's that like soft kind of much simpler almost slower chorus to it like trying again to let go of like whatever overwhelm that you're feeling yeah i mean i don't i don't even know what to, i would add to that that's pretty that's pretty on the money yeah like a just spiritual transformation um in the verses and then kind of like just letting it the fuck go yeah. in the choruses at that release. Um, yeah, that was that, that that comes from a very transformative time in my life that the lyrics, I mean, um, yeah, maybe I won't elaborate too much on that. Yeah, but uh, it was. Yeah, like it's pretty some of it's pretty literal um, in the verses and some of it's. <sighs> I don't know, psychological and metaphorical. I can say I can remember how that came about. That that chorus has been around for uh, for years, and Deb always particularly believed in it. I saw it in a different light. The chorus it sounded almost like it, is, it sounded almost has a childlike aspect to it. You can let go, you know, like and to 
have to sing it more in earnest. Um, that was kind of a surprising twist to me, actually, because it got it got cast in that light when Dev went and did the verse lyrics, which happened. We were building the song and the instruments without the verse lyrics being anywhere close to being done, and it just that's just always dangerous because the song kind of just runs off, like you just described. That happens with Alco. The song runs off, and you leave the lyrics behind, and you sometimes you miss the train, and you can never get back. And so we said, like, just get out there right now in the hallway. At the time, Dev was kind of on fire, like you kind of you were kind of in like a several week long flow state, I, I, um, I, which which was really exciting to watch. Even after all these years, it was like. Sometimes that'll happen with one person in the band and it's like, whoa, like Dev's got it right now. Like, so just go outside and try with his laptop and, and came back like in like one or two hours really with all those verse lyrics delivered in a totally different style than he'd done before. And that kind of um, really low uh, kind, it's like, it's hardly singing. It's like it's a different, whole different style. So it just came out of, I think like from, from the, from, from my perspective came out of this kind of like really interesting like period of, of flow state where once you get in there, you can push your own limits towards your subconscious and just like allow things in from like a get, catch a catch an idea. Like it just, it, cause it's, it, it, it runs in contrast to like, if you, if you made a kind of formula of what we tend to sound like that's on the outskirts, you know, that's on. And that, that was, that was really, really cool for, for, to, for us to see track the vocal that night. Yeah. And I don't know if this is what happened as well on this song, but even like, again, going back to Alco, for example, like it's interesting sometimes how like you'll write a piece of a song and it'll touch on a theme, but it's almost like you have to have a similar experience. Like maybe again, we'll use a very general term like or concept like heartbreak, like maybe a certain experience of heartbreak inspires a verse and then you can't write the rest of the song. And then a few years later, you have another similar experience, but something about it is new and it brings a new perspective and you can almost like build on it in a way that you weren't able to before and again it doesn't have to be a, a heavy theme it can really be anything but mm -hmm. it's amazing how sometimes like again those bridges between the past and the present like come back just from living more life yeah the, the mysterious ways in which things can be connected is it's it's so fascinating it's so fascinating and, and again it takes you to collaboration because you don't know the way that somebody else might hear a song responding from their own perspective and then you're left with like wow like let's again it's something other than um what what either of you intended becomes a third thing yeah 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 i was just adding about like the the theme thing that um that you were just speaking about like often for lyrics what will happen is like for alco for example it was we had both feet down into the bottom of the river with you for so long without anything else and i, I just and the rest is just gibberish lyrics with and and i actually mapped out the but the gibberish sounded so good it just <laughs> sounded good and i was like should i go cigarose on this like a no language kind of <laughs> like gibberish because it sounds and then you know I I I make up. I try to like. Oh, it's so hard if you've already defined the syllable and the melody and like the shape and the, the the shape of the word. Yeah. 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 That and then you know sometimes I would change it and Dill would be like, oh, but I liked it when you were going like, Muh. and I'd be like, dude, that was just gibberish. He was like, well, I liked it, so now I have to find a word that's like, Muh, you know, in a certain section. Um, it's a huge task because you you're you're trying to fill in like these very specific criteria. But I actually, for the most part mapped out the gibberish into like this format and that's why alco lyrics the verse took so damn long 
because I tried to fit it in and have it make sense. And then I'm saying stuff like foggy wood, um, which uh, does make sense. This is a, this is the disagreement that we have all the time where uh, like when some things come out of like the subconscious realm like that and they don't quite make sense. And then the words start to make this kind of surreal tapestry rather than a well-delivered articulate verse or a well-delivered articulate phrase. I always am tempted to say, dude, leave it. You, you, you just got given a gift like this. You don't understand it, but it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. It's truer somehow than if you start to clean it up and then Dev will say, yeah, I'll say, I mean, that's like, that's right next door to being lazy, you know, is just being like, bullshit. yeah, well, I think it's bullshit, it's bullshit I, folks. Yeah, like automatic writing is kind of what you're, you're saying. And, and I mean, that, I mean, I guess that can have some value, but I guess the, a lot of the songwriters. I, I kind of uh, like songs that have this weird thing where they almost like dip in and out of the conscious and subconscious. Like they'll have like, again, some lyrics that are extremely vivid and on the nose and literal. Um, and then they'll have a moment where it dips back into like something that doesn't make any fucking sense. But like you said, it's it's like a feeling like this is a, I was thinking about something similar to this because whenever I think about like the guitar on Alco, for some reason, the only word I can think of is spindly. Is it the right word? Does it mean anything? I have no fucking clue. But there's something about the word that just sounds correct in my brain. But like you said, it's a subconscious thing. But yeah, anyway, sometimes it's fun when you can even play with both. So so you're both right. You're both doing good. It's fine. Yeah, doing both is, is good. Like you get you get the seed ideas from the, the collective unconscious or the universe or whatever. And then you've got these themes. And then hopefully you can dance that into something. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes, you know, an afternoon. Exactly. It's kind of the magic or the the pain in the ass of songwriting. You don't know which yeah. one. Are you like crafting or are you just flowing? Or is it, you Yeah. Know? It's and they're both valid. They're both part of it. But it's, again, the joys of being a creative person. You have no idea how how and when things are going to come together the way you want them to and if they will. And it's it's fun. It's really fun. You know, it's unpredictable. And in that it's interesting. But I wouldn't describe it as fun all the time. Yeah, it's extremely challenging, but that's why you keep coming back. Uh huh. For the wild ride. I said fun, trying to be very sarcastic, but I I lived in the UK a long time, and I have a very dry sense of humor. So sometimes I feel like it doesn't come across as sarcasm, but it's like fun, <laughs> but like fun, it's fun, it's fine, you know. I see. Yeah. Sorry. Um, there's a couple songs that seem to like talk about like travel and touring. I mean, I know Goodbye California is definitely that one. Like it's. I, I like that it literally like touches on almost like the stops on a road trip between California and Montreal even. Yeah, the, the verses are kind of, I think, yeah, I wrote the verses, Connor wrote the, the choruses, so the city's parts. And that's like, we're kind of doing co-lead. I'm doing some, again, weird gibberish, like yummy, yummy, kind of saying stuff like that. But, it, you know, we can get into that if you want. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but the verse, yeah, the first verse I think is more like about touring and the second is kind of like the recording process. It's pretty... Um, like superficial to some degree but there's an attitude to it which provides like maybe some more like robust uh, backing beneath that superficial layer mm -hmm. and I'll let you speak to the phrases if you want that's, that's just what it was you were singing you, went, you had the verses and you were singing about the literal the literal holding of a guitar and, and such things being on a bus um, and and I was looking for that kind of thing at the time in our writing because I was feeling like it had it had a different energy. Like the there there was 
the, the wistful longing stuff was like we, we started to have have those bases covered from my perspective and I wanted to to I, I liked how this was like wow coming out of a different different angle so Dev seemed to be inside this thing where he was describing like the literal like I said holding of a guitar and then when we started to stumble on this musical contrast because there's a big musical contrast when oh, you get yeah. to the chorus it's like whoa key change like oh I love that synth bit too I know like nice balance it's like I know okay. That, oh, I love that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah so that was good. that was a thrill to discover. That was what we were writing that during the curfew times here. So it was like opposite feeling to being in like a police curfew state. You know, it was like this felt really freeing. And so then I just imagined like like basically like oh wouldn't it be fun if then the chorus is you kind of just like as if you lifted up off the ground and you started flying over North America, basically like um, it's, it's funny every time you hear a city name that you just kind of get this flash of what that place is like. And then you move on to the next one and it's like, and then right back down to mm -hmm. um, your back, like on the bus again. And that was just like, that, that contrast was really fun to play with. It's funny you say that. Cause there's also that line that I love, especially with the musical pause in it. Like I think it's halfway through the first per first verse where it kind of goes like, like slows down and it goes, okay, back on yeah. track. Yeah. And it kind of, yeah. Like that, I like that. It's like you, it almost feels like your mind's starting to drift, whether it be to a nice place or not so nice place. It'd be like, okay, shit, I'm back. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Like you said, the kind of ebb and flow of that song. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's really fun. I like, I like how it runs in contrast, like I said, to the rest of kind of what's on the record too, but fits in in some way. That's, I'm happy it's on there. Again, it's, I, th I think that you guys like, I know one of my notes is that, that I had written was even though some of these songs lyrically have some like elements of like anxiety or questioning and stuff, there's sonically such a security and like knowing who you are, at least that's what comes across to me. Cause again, you guys have such a nice balance between having a sound that's recognizable, but that isn't stagnant either. Mm -hmm. And I think that even like some of those like synth tones that are on Goodbye California, I don't know, I can't think off the top of my head which other songs I've heard them in, but I've definitely heard those same colors mm -hmm. just maybe used in a different way. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Like to have a to have a sound. We were talking about this actually while we were filming the music video for Everyone's Moving Out East and someone else was in the car um, and we were, and he, he the, the person pointed out that it was interesting and then I realized that that is kind of interesting the way that I had just, we described it, which was how things really started in the early days. We were at the Torn Curtain in Montreal, this like uh, place where people were writing at the time and um we had almost no equipment because we were starting acoustic guitar electric guitar one amp two microphones like dylan's drum kit and he dylan had just bought this one little synthesizer and so me and deb would trade our guitars back and forth one would play acoustic one would play electric one person was singing without a microphone we were kind of trying to find a sound before dylan finally played this synth for the first time where he put his finger on a bit while he was drumming put his finger on a bass note which was like one third underneath the chord that Devin was playing, which changed the color of the chord. So like if you're playing like a C major chord, Dylan would play an A and make it into this A minor seven. And so it added this kind of, this rich colorful chord played on a synth while we had this kind of colorful guitar work and we were singing harmonies in the room. And we were, that, that was our sound, you know, like that was our sound right there. And, and, and everything from there, everything kind of builds out of that foundation. Even if you take the synth away, it's kind of still implied in your mind somehow because that's the sound that we've built. The harmonies are kind of always present, always like floating in and out. And so that was like just this magic moment of creative chemistry, like really foundational looking back. It was like, and do you remember how it felt like when Dylan dropped that bass note on there? It was like, we all like, we, we all made like 
almost orgasmic sound. We were like, <laughs> really? We were like, oh God. Cause it was like, it was, it felt so good. It was, it was a real epiphany. The, the that moment, that sonic moment. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I mean, obviously you can speak on it a lot better than I ever could. Cause it's literally, I mean, it's your music, but again, I've been listening to you guys for a decade. Like it's been a long ass time. Yeah. And I could never quite put my finger on like what it was that I was like, there's something. Cause it's not like pure folk music. Like there's just that little, like, again, it's that extra something or mm -hmm. that extra like off intentional offness, but mm -hmm. still really warm. Like I can mm -hmm. never again explain it. So, mm -hmm. so thank you. This is yeah. 10 years of being like, what is it? That yeah. I can finally yeah. put to rest. We're still milking that same kind of there. There's like, there's just like a creative kind of, thing there that you can just keep drawing from somehow and it doesn't even necessarily mean that the setup i just i just described has to necessarily be what you're doing but somehow there's there's something potent about this combination of people and elements yeah oh yeah something about its footprint that kind of just yeah. permeates well we're getting to the, like some of the last kind of themes here i really like that the second to last song is salt because especially with some of the more like questioning and longing feelings that are on this record that literally just the like key line on the chorus which was you're my salt of the earth this kind of very grounded feeling contrasts so nicely and i think that in isolation it's a really beautiful song and it's a really beautiful healthy sentiment but when placed amidst all of the other songs on the record it just feels all the more powerful Mm. So yeah, I, that, that's my favorite on the record, Salt. Yeah, I I see it as a kind of I I want to call it I've been wanting to call it a spiritual like as a, as as a almost as a modern genre like spirit like it's not a religious song exactly it's like but it's feel it's not gospel but it feels like a spiritual. I always I imagine just you you this kind of warm palm waving kind of worshiping kind of motions underneath that. It's, it's got that kind of I don't know like warm wind. Uh, like that is how that is how it feels and um, it does have those lyrics that kind of inadvertently borrowed from the sermon on the mount which is this like very strange enigmatic riddles all and, and in these kind of riddles and contradictions like really fundamental truths i think are are born out of like 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 a leonard cohen lyric like there's a crack in everything that's how the light gets in you know that's exactly like the kind of um and an enigmatic riddle where like foundational truths seem to reside and that song you know it 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 references such things to me to me you you wrote all those lyrics in the verse and everything but that's that's how i feel about it mm. yeah there's definitely definitely feeling the spirit um <laughs> at the time yeah i'm glad yeah it's, yeah it's not it's not really talking to a, to a loved one it's talking to, mm -hmm. to kind of the the greatness or something Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, again, whether no matter who or what it is speaking to, I think the the feeling of it is still there and it's still potent. I think to have anything that feels grounding is is needed, and it's a it's a precious thing to have, especially when everything is moving around you. And I mean, you know, it's a typical human theme. Life is difficult. There's lots of anxiety. There's the problems that we face as a larger society. There's the problems we face as individuals. And so to have whatever that may be that grounds you is always precious. Indeed. Indeed. Salt is available now wherever you normally get your music. 
This podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by myself, Sophia Lobricaro, and the artwork is by Meg Welford. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.